Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to My Wave Podcast. I'm so excited that you're tuning in and listening. I am stoked to be sitting here with Rick Beidel. Uh, I've, I've seen him across the room a couple times. I've uh, Shake, shook his hand. I've uh, just briefly talked to him, and and actually, Rick uh, won a uh, Never Nude, uh, which is a changing towel. You can check them out at Never Nude on Instagram, and uh, actually, they're our sponsor for this episode. Uh, but yeah, he won one, and I went up and got a couple pictures, and we got to talking, and I found out a little bit about that guy, this guy, uh, that evening, um, that he was inducted 2001 into the Wrightsville Beach Waterman, Waterman's, what's it called, Wrightsville Beach? Waterman Hall of Fame. Waterman Hall of Fame. I drew a blank as his dog here, Harbor. What's up, Harbor? Brings me a ball. You want to play? You want to play tug of war? Yeah, I've made a friend. Harbor's going to be interrupting us from time to time. It's all good. It's good stuff. So, Rick, I am super excited to have you on here. And uh, as we begin, at Never Nude is our sponsor. Check them out uh, at Never Nude, N V R N O O D, on Instagram. And if you're interested, they are home handmade here in Wilmington, hand dyed. How do you like yours? I love it. Yeah, have you used it yet? It's only a couple times, but it's simple, it's great, and, you know, perfect. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, also, uh, as you've been listening and maybe you want to support my wave podcast a little bit, well, you can do that very simply by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash my wave and you can buy me a cup of coffee. It's $5 a donation. Uh, there's no commitment. It's a one-time thing. You can buy me 10 cups, 20 cups, however many cups of coffee you would like to buy to support what we're doing here at my wave. So Rick, Congratulations on the induction. Thanks, thanks. It was a big honor. Yeah, now that you, we were talking just briefly here, it's not just your surfing, but it's it's a variety of everything that you've done here at Wrightsville Beach in water, from fishing to sailboarding to just explain some of the, the things that you've been involved with to, to get you into that. Oh, uh, well, you know, I, um, I came here to go to college at UNCW and uh, was fortunate enough there to start the surfing club. Wow. And uh, it went to the first uh, national championships in Huntington Beach. How and about that? Things like that. And then was fortunate from there to uh, work in a local surf shop and start working as a rep in the industry. Yeah. And uh, then that kind of segued into other sports, windsurfing, um, snowboarding, yacht brokerage on down the line. So. <laughs> wow. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. So, um, we, you, you, what year was that? 1977, the surf club and it's still going today. Yeah. 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 And UNCW has competed pretty strong performances even recently. Is that correct? Yeah. They've done really, really well. I mm. mean, we had no idea when we were messing with the club at first that it ever become what it became. Yeah. And there's been a lot of different, um, uh, surges of people that have been really instrumental. Mm. Um, you know, some guys in the 80s, um, Brian Tracy, uh, Ben Bourgeois' uncle, mm -hmm. um, and uh, um, Andy Wigmore, uh, Joe Pickett. Okay. They were all involved in the club yeah. in the 80s. How about that? And then uh, more recently, Nick Rupp and some guys, you know, in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think I think a couple of times they might have won the national championship for I, the I, team. Yeah, I believe they have. And, and 
pretty recently too. I think within the, at least the last decade, they've won or, or had strong showings in the in the championships. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, the surf culture here. Uh, if you've been here since the '70s, I mean, you've seen a lot of changes in surf culture around here. Um, but one of the what, and, and maybe we'll get into that as we progress through this uh, this story, your most memorable wave, which, you know, when you have that much surfing experience, how do you narrow it down, you know? And and I guess you could say you could be fortunate because usually I'm, hey, want to be on the podcast tonight? And, it, you know, people don't have a lot of chance to do it, but you've, you've had a little bit of a chance to think about that one wave. Um, but what was surfing like here in the 70s at Wrightsville Beach? Oh, it was... Um really well established okay i mean some guys like robert parker and um you know billy curry and, and mm-hmm. a number of guys in the 60s mm-hmm. you know kind of put this area on the map mm-hmm. and uh, by the time i got there you know in the 70s it was full swing al- already yeah and we had guys like um uh like billy who's always been involved um will allison who's mm-hmm. always been involved mm-hmm. um dave Indris, um mark mitchell mm-hmm. you know these guys all won East Coast championships during that whole era. How about that? Um, that's that's amazing. This area has produced and is still producing a lot of quality surfers. Uh, young guys coming up. We Mason Barnes just recently you know, set the set the world record. It was broken a, like a week later. But Nazare, I mean, here's a here's a guy from right here that you know is charging monsters in portugal and and yeah has some some talent coming up um was out on the beach the other day surfing and uh beard on the beach you know you're familiar with richard uh he was taking pictures of a young man out there that just picked up a new sponsor needs some pictures and just just really neat vibe uh here at wrightsville beach and and uh you, when was the last time you were in the water here? Uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. 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 We had a little wave today, but you said you were on a conference call at the right at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Four o'clock and it was looking good. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I got out bef- right as the high was switching and, and the wind was laying down. It was fun. Had a good time. So, so Rick, um, where are we going for your most memorable wave? Um, I'd have to say... I'd have to narrow it down to two. Okay. You know, yeah. Um, one was at K38, right there at the point. Okay. And um, that was probably about um, 98 or 99. I was there for a sales meeting uh, for the wakeboard company. Okay. And um, it, it was great surf. We were right there. And we'd been surfing for two or three days and uh, pretty worn out. So I grabbed one of the guy's longboard uh-huh. and, um, you know, caught away from the outside peak all the way back into the condo on the point. No way. How long do you think that? Oh, it had to be uh, three or 400 yards. It was a long wave. Yeah. Wow. And then likewise, the other one I'd have to say was uh, my first trip to California. Uh-huh. Um, we went, uh, we drove across country, went from San Diego all the way up to Santa Cruz and caught Ventura. Incredible. Hmm. And at uh, the fairground, again, a right-handed point break. And the first time I caught one of those, I was going, oh my gosh. Because... Yeah, you know, we get some long waves here, but right point breaks are a different animal. Yeah. So um, you gave us those waves really fast, but I want to I want to try and zero in and and just talk through those waves. So you were let, let, let's go to K thirty eight to start. Uh, so where is that? It's about um, an hour south 
uh, yeah, about an hour and a half maybe south of the border okay. in Mexico, down Baja. All right. All right. Because we have, we have, what, K38 restaurant here. Which came from that area, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. and it's good food. It's great food. Yeah, their they're chips and salsa, the best ever. Uh, tuna tacos, I love them. Yes, yes, tuna tacos for sure. So K38, just south of the border, and uh, you were there, you said, on a on a trip, one of your, as, as a rep for wake, Wakeboard? Yeah, I was working with a Wakeboard company then, Liquid Force, okay. and um, most of those guys surfed. Uh-huh. And uh, they had gotten a condo down there right on the beach. And there's a huge hotel right on the point. And um, we stayed there for about four days or so. Okay. And luckily enough, the surf was turning on and it was awesome. Yeah. Now, did you take a board with you? Yeah. I took, you know, a normal short board. And then when we got there, then it, you know, it was great for two or three days. And then towards the end, it was still a good size mm-hmm. overhead, but it was more of a longboard wave. Okay. And luckily enough, where we stayed there, the guy that stayed there had some long boards. I grabbed one and just it connected the dots. One of those ones where you uh, ride it all the way in and step off onto dry sand type <laughs> wave, you know, just, oh my gosh, how could yeah. that happen? Yeah. So had you ever been to this particular break before? Yeah. I'd surfed there two or three times beforehand. Okay. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to travel a lot? Yeah, quite a bit. Um, as a rep, I was able to go, um, gosh, um, you know, the Bahamas, Costa Rica, Hawaii. Hmm. Um, I've surfed Oregon. I <laughs> got married in Barbados surfing there. Yeah. Um, the Virgin Islands, Tortola. So quite a good good amount of travel. Yeah. Yeah. That That's fantastic that you could do, you could surf while doing some, you know, your work and, and melding them both together. And, oh, it was perfect. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you meet a lot of people, you know, they, they surf but they can only get out there on Saturday mornings or, you know, cause they're on the road or they're busy. And, and then you meet other people who literally carve their life around the surfing. And, um, so as you're listening to this, ladies and gents, um, be careful cause surfing can wreck your life. Uh, then you have those conference calls like today. Right. And, work and wreck your surfing <laughs> it has a problem with that yes yeah but hey keep them in good balance because you need both in this world so k38 i've never been there uh you say it's a right point left point yeah it's a right point yeah a right point break what is a point break um it's usually set up by a rock headland that's that has a peak or a, a point and then the swell comes around you know if it juts out to the right or juts out to the left mm-hmm. and as the swell wraps around it it's a predominant wave mm-hmm. um like you've got rincon or ventura um you've got uh, down in costa rica you've got a left pavonas mm-hmm. um and k38 it's a not as big as long a wave as those but it's a pretty long one as well hmm. and when the swell's right it just peels right off. Forever. Yeah. seems like forever. It's a wonderful route. Yeah. We, we don't have a lot of that on here on the East Coast. We have things that represent it at certain 12 direction and, and whatnot, but nothing a true point break that I know of. No, there's, uh, there's one up north, I think, near New Hampshire, one that breaks up that way. Mm. And then um, on the right swell, uh, Fort Fisher mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. a little bit of that. Yep. Um, or when we get a hurricane swell, every inlet, with the sandbar, it peels right off there. So yes. it's not a point break, but it's it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Those those inlet openings, the sand gets all mixed up out there, and then when you get a big swell, uh, it shows up. And uh, yeah, I've scored um, the north end a couple of times before 
which which hurricane was it, it uh, this past summer where um it made it on uh it it went viral that boat cruising out um hitting the hitting the swells it was coming in and he clears one and then the next one he doesn't clear and he goes completely vertical oh. flips over yeah it I, see, uh, what was the one after Henri? then would we have larry yeah, i larry? lost track and we then, had a plethora of yeah swell this year it yeah we great. did we were in the the magic zone yes we nothing hit this year right it stayed off and gave a swell and we were very grateful for that but yeah um it seemed like at that swell north end lost its secrecy because uh, it was a zoo and it could be because wrightsville struggles to hold a long period swell uh, a lot of shutdowns a lot of big long lines to just closing out but the inlet those are the spots mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it is now i've heard the inlet can get uh quite sketchy with uh the wildlife as well um had any instances up there um I, not really instances there you know at um some of the beach breaks here and there mm-hmm. and uh i spent a summer at hatteras and you see lots of wildlife out that way but that's you know that's part of it too yeah we're, yeah. In, the, we're in their neighborhood if they're traveling is one thing if they're excited it's another right right all right so let's get back to k38 right point break you've been surfing there shortboard for a couple days and you said it was still overhead but more longboardable uh, what made it more longboardable that day even at that size um just the angle had shifted a little bit okay to where you needed something to kind of connect the dots mm. it wasn't quite as juicy but it was you know a little mushy but still nice yeah and uh, uh and that way longer board i could kind of you know traverse into the next section and the mm-hmm. next section and that's what you meant by connecting the dots so you have a the the break initial break and then you may have what a little closeout section that you need to, some speed or some time to get around and then you can do a cut back mm-hmm. to stay with the wave so you don't outrun it etc yeah and so okay. so this this what this wave on that log allowed you to do all that stay with it and write it all the way in where yeah. my shortboard and I could maybe do 100, 100 yards at the most right. when it was on. Which is still a fun fun ride on the shortboard. Oh, a great one. I mean, we may get an access to an access ride here at Wrightsville Beach. Uh, but to be able to connect. So what was this connection? Drop in and talk us through what you did on that wave. Um, this one, you know, there are different sections there that, uh, you know, you, you know, make two or three pumps and then kind of draw it back a bit. And then set it, set an edge and move forward again. Mm-hmm. And you do that, um, you know, probably four different sections in that wave. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when they're peeling off consistently, it's almost a dance. You know, you hit uh, two or three off the tops, a big roundhouse cutback, mm. set up and do two or three off the tops, a big roundhouse cutback, and right. you know, and it's you just do it. It seems like forever, fortunately. (laughs) And that's what this wave was. This was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So why does this one rise to the surface in your mind? Well, I've been out quite a while and, um, it was, you know, I was getting tired as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was part of the reason I was on longboard just to help (laughs) paddle a little bit. Right. And, uh, the fact is that I was saying, okay, I'll catch one more and go in. And I was able to ride it literally to the steps of the condo. (laughs) Yeah. We kind of like, you know, a grand finale type thing. Right, right. So. so the whole setting, everything just played into, I walk off on the beach, look back, day's over. That was the way to end it. It was just that. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So let's let's go to this Ventura wave. And uh, what was what was this one setting up to be like? Um, well, Ventura is another point break, like I mentioned. Um, the great thing about it is it it is just that where it's a, a winding point break. Okay. So you actually get you know two or three off the tops and then a big roundhouse, mm. and you do that all the way in. And on this swell, um, gosh, this was in '77. Uh, a big rainy season for California, which is when they usually get their better surf. Okay. And um, could ride it from the outside peak all the way into the pier. Hmm. And if you've ever seen pictures of Ventura, that's a long ride. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, it, it was the first time you'd get out and the first time I'd ever gotten out from a wave like that and then walked all the way back out to the peak to paddle back out. Really? Kind of felt like snow skiing. <laughs> Your thighs hurt a little bit. You know, yeah. and you're going, Wow. This is a different type of surfing. This is great. Yeah, instead of getting on a lift, you're walking back up the beach. Or just paddling back out here. You, No, I think I'll take a <laughs> hike to get back out. Yeah, usually here when we have to do that, it's because it's been blowing hard and we're drifting from one end of the beach to the other and then we get out and walk it back up. Yeah, or you have boat problems, one of the two. <laughs> you get towed, towed back out. Right. That's good. So here is an opportunity Rick, for for us to pick your brain. It's called Hang 10. And Hang 10 is some quick questions here. Um, are you ready? Sure. All right. Do you hang 10 on, on a regular way? This is one of the 10 questions. But can, uh, You know, I can't say I've ever hung 10. Okay. You know, cheater fives, you know, yeah, but, uh, you know. Yeah. That, that, Bill Curry, it just blows me away. He but, blows all of us away. Just, yeah. <laughs> The competition and just the mind. Uh, that that man can just flat surf. He he can ride anything, anytime. Yeah, I was um, uh, entered in the WBLA contest last fall, and it was a, a split heat. We one group was down here, another group, and and Bill was. I was watching him. He was north of us, and I think I missed the wave or two because I was just watching him take literally this dinky wave. And tear it up, take it all the way to the beach, and then paddle back out. Just a normal way for yeah. for Billy. Yeah, there was nothing special to the way, but he made it special. He, he's an artist, and the opportunity you mentioned also, Will Allison. He is. I, I've never surfed with you, but surfed with Will, um, and I watched him drop in, and I watched him drop in toward the the lip, like the peak. And I was like, what's it? What? And then all of a sudden he just and set it up and I, he, he was make, he was like, he was writing his name in cursive up and down that wave. He will has been doing that forever. Yeah. And he's such a smooth style master. Yes. Yes. And he, he took it all and he came back paddling by and just went back at it. Yeah. It was interesting. You know, will just got inducted to the um, international surfboard builders hall of fame. Really? This past um, October as well. How about that? Yeah. Congrats. That's cool. I'd love to get him, maybe go down to his place and uh, sit down and, and get an interview with him. That'd be sick. That'd be sick. So here we go. Hang 10. Sure. <clears throat> what is your favorite wax? Um, gosh, you know, uh, sex wax or sticky bumps and... Other than that, it's whatever I have in the car, right? Because <laughs> when you need wax, you need wax. That's right. That's right. Do you do a like sex wax base coat with a sticky bumps top, or I've, some people have a science a method to their madness? 
No, I've got a pattern, you know, yeah. a, a cross pattern, but not really a base coat, and I'm not that technical. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, well, what is your post session eats? Your favorite post session eats, other than the chips and salsa at Camp Thirty Eight? Well, I mean, K Thirty Eight or Tower Seven are always a a good choice in the first stop. Yeah. Other than that, um, Waterman's Brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, you know, a nice dinner would be the Bridge Center or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, the Watermans and, and the K thirty any of the restaurants are awesome. Yeah, we've got good food around here. Can't can't go wrong. Yeah, yeah, definitely very fortunate. And and ladies and gents, when we're talking about around here, we're talking about Wrightsville Beach. Uh, great place to come vacation, visit, come surf, enjoy, uh, join the crowd. <laughs> How would you say the crowds compare from the seventies to today? Oh, uh, they're huge now compared to then. Yeah. I mean, there was quite a posse, but back then you knew everybody in the water. Mm. I mean, you still might have a, a pretty strong showing every time there was a wave. Everyone heads out. Yeah. But um, it wasn't just like, you know, hundreds. It was, you know, tens and twenties of people. Right. No, no. South End on a halfway good day is going to be, you can walk across boards <laughs> to get down to the jetty. Well, and we didn't have cams for everyone to check it true i-40 wasn't open you know for everyone from raleigh or so to come down yeah so you know it was a little trickier yeah yeah so in light of that remind me at the end of this hang 10 to ask you the murph question okay because that was that was a fascinating story and i think our our listeners would love to hear that so we'll, we'll get back to murph but here we go next question um speaking of websites and and surf cams what's your go-to website or app to look at forecasts um magic seaweed for a forecast mm-hmm. and then uh you know surf checks is every morning in bed before i even get out of bed <laughs> that's right surf checks with the x c-e-x is a camera and they're everywhere now i mean they're they're you can see a break in oregon isn't it just about everywhere yeah, yeah. it's fantastic yeah. live cam um but that's probably what happened today when we paddled out at 11 o'clock there were six of us at south end and then all of a sudden people just started pouring in they saw it on the cam (laughs) Uh, if you had the opportunity to surf inland waves bsr surf ranch other where would you want to go um you know i hadn't been to any of them Mm -hmm. i know um my son surfed bsr and said it was a blast and then of course we watched um the ultimate surfer and saw you know mason barnes and the crew right at the slater surf ranch yeah. either one of them i mean the wave looks incredible it is pretty amazing the technology and you know i'm sure it's like any other break you've got to dial into the mm-hmm. the speed the cycle and the sections of that as well yeah yeah pretty cool stuff it really is yeah i met a guy uh online i was taking a isa international surf association certification and he was one of the instructors there at bsr and he said, yeah, he goes, you know, we controlled the waves depending on the clientele that's reserved that time. He said, but as a instructor, we do a little bit of land lesson, then they get in the water. He said, but uh, a lot of times when it's the free surf sessions, I'll just sit on my board to make sure everybody's in order and you know being safe. And he goes, but if somebody misses a wave, I just get it. Bummer. What a job. <laughs> What a job. <laughs> Pretty cool place. That's awesome. Amazing technology. You, uh, any, any rumors of uh, an inland wave coming to a, to a farm near us? I haven't heard of anything in the Carolinas, but I've heard some different spots. Mm-hmm. And I can see them you know, taking that technology and, and 
now that surfing's in the Olympics and stuff mm-hmm. and moving forward with that as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, they've had four years to build it between, you know, different Olympics. Right. And, uh, I can see that happening. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. You know, and to be able to configure different breaks and different. Yeah. That would be cool. One hour. This is question number five. If you had one hour and a cup of coffee with a surfer, you like coffee? Yeah. I love okay. coffee. One hour, cup of coffee with a surfer from present or past, who would you like to sit down and talk with? Um, present, it would be Kai Lenny. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy, you know, whether it's, shoot, kiting, foiling, surfing, <laughs> you pick it, you know, Nazare. Right. The guy is so adaptable and so incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a neat conversation. What would you ask him? Uh, you know, I'd ask him particularly, you know, about Nazare. I've never been there. And since Mason's recently been there, you know, it's really piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I watched the, uh, the series on, uh, HBO max, okay. hundred foot wave, ah. six, six different, um, segments or episodes. And it gave, you know, the history with, uh, Garrett McNamara and everyone else. And it really piqued my interest where, no, I would not get in the water in that type of wave anymore. Right. But I sure would love to go watch it. Yeah, yeah. That to stand on the cliffs and just, I, I got to go to South Africa and stood on the cliffs at J Bay when it was eighteen to twenty feet, and I've never sensed power like oh. that before. I can't imagine standing there up on look overlooking Nazare. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not going. I'm oh, not going. But respect. It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, what's the biggest wave you ever surfed? Um, biggest wave I've surfed is probably Double Overhead, and that's probably at Hatteras Hurricane Bell in 76. Hmm. Um, in windsurfing, I was fortunate enough to catch a huge swell um, wave sailing in Maui at Hukipa. Hmm. It was about mast and a half high. And oh, wow. Most mast are 15 feet. Good night. Um, and that was incredible. That was, that was the biggest wave I've ever been on, for sure. Phew. How do you... Did you ever take a wipeout on... On a big wave like that with a with a sailboard? Um, yeah, I was very careful there because yeah. it was really big. <laughs> and in fact, we, uh, my wife and I got there. It was in 85, I think it was. And um, it was huge. In fact, the first couple of days, no one was even out. Really? It's And it's like, you know, the epic center for windsurfing of the whole planet. Yeah. And uh, finally, on the second day, two people went out. And the third day, there were eight people. This is about the fourth day I finally went out. And, uh, you know, I found some guys that I knew. And, uh-huh. you know, hey, what's the layout of this break? Where's right. the rip? Where do I need to be? So I didn't go in there blindly. Yeah. And I was uh, very cautious. But it, it was amazing. It was uh, really cool. Yeah. Just parking there. Could you elaborate on knowing your limits? Like just being aware and making sure that you're you you're you're always taking a risk i mean i got hit in the head monday you know on on an inside i went to hit the lip backside and the wind was so hard i just blew my board away and i went down and was tumbling and all of a sudden my board just whacked me right in the side of the head yeah it's that's always going to happen yeah that's um gosh you look at um most athletes in any kind of sport, mm-hmm. when you're pushing things, you're definitely pushing your body and your equipment. Right. And uh, we all have, you know, stitches or <laughs> uh, pulled muscles or ligaments or, right. you know, that's that's part of it. Yeah. But, you know, you, uh, it's always good to have a buddy, you know, mm-hmm. typical waterman type, water sport type, 
knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whether it's uh, in the evening when mm-hmm. the sun's going down and, you know, the fish are feeding. Right. You know, or if it's in a, a reef or a break you've never surfed, then, hey, ask someone. Mm-hmm. Don't be uh, too proud. Don't be too stubborn. No. Nah. Uh, get to know before you go. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you could take a trip anywhere, where would you want to go right now? Um, I'd probably want to go to Australia. Yeah? Yeah. Um, my son did a semester there in Perth. And um, I'd love to see the East Coast, but the West Coast is amazing as well. Yeah. Margaret River, you know, Fremantle, that whole area. Right. Right. We only see them on, on you know, magazines and, and WSL uh, when the competitions are there. Oh, and it's literally on the opposite side of the planet from where we are. Right. When he was there, we would talk to him and it'd be 12 hours ahead or 12 <laughs> hours behind. That's crazy. So, yeah, that'd be a great place to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you goofy or regular? I'm regular. Okay. Okay. And for those listening, regular is? Right foot in the rear. Right foot in the rear. I'm, I'm goofy, so my left foot's in the rear. Uh, let's see. If you won a competition, you ever won a competition? Uh, not in surfing. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe heats and stuff, but in, yeah, in sailing or windsurfing, yes. Sweet. Sweet. If you won a competition and had to donate 50% to a charity, which charity would it be? Um, gosh, you know, I think, um, we're fortunate enough. We've got some really good ones. Um, I would have to say probably like masonboro.org. They do a lot of really good work here. Um, as far as preserving Masonboro, which is a gym for us. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, educational trips they do, uh, you know, then you've also got um, Surfrider Foundation is a great one as well. And they're not just local. They're, you know, worldwide at this point. So probably one of those two. Good. Good. That's awesome. Some very worthy causes and um, local. I mean, Surfrider's here uh, doing some good work. And uh, yeah, check them out, masonboro.org and uh, Surfrider Foundation. Check them out online. Learn more about that. Uh, one board, just one board for the rest of your life. What would it be? Uh, it'd probably be a seven six skip fry. Yeah, I could ride little waves. I could ride big waves. Whatever you, you have know. one. No, I don't have one of those. I've got a seven one uh, Ian Balding that I love. Uh-huh. But um, something that I could ride a little smaller surf would be fun too. Yeah, and um, I've met Skip a couple times when I worked for Gordon and Smith, and he's amazing, and his boards are phenomenal. Really, so, where does he uh, make them out of? In San Diego. Okay. Yeah. Huh. And uh, that would be. You know, on my radar for the ultimate board for me. Yeah, sick. Uh, last question in our hang ten. You f- finish this sentence. You might be a kook if uh, you dropped in on people. You know, intentionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now the intentionality. You. Some people are just totally clueless, and they need to be talked to. Right. Educated. Educated. Whether that's, you know, old school way getting fussed at and cussed at or someone politely saying, hey, this is etc. But you're talking about somebody that sees you, knows you've made it and they'd send it anyways. Yeah. I mean, someone who makes the eye contact, mm. you know, and whether you hoot or whistle or anything and they still go. Yeah. Um, you know, the classic thing is just to pull in right behind them, ride the whole way right behind them. And then when you kick out, kick out right next to them and say, Hey, 
I didn't get you in your, in your way riding behind you, did I? <laughs> You've never done that, have you? Uh, not today. Not today. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So that's cool. There's there's our hang ten. Uh, but we hey, we can keep going here uh, if you've got the time. Sure. Sure. Awesome. Uh, in your travels, um, and and maybe it happened. Around, oh, we got to get to Murph too. Then we got to get to Murph. Um, what's your sketchiest moment in the water? Um. I know one time uh, just at uh, Masonboro, hmm. um, hard offshore wind. There weren't too many people out because of that. Mm-hmm. And it was really cold. <laughs> and uh, I undergunned my wetsuit. And, you know, just trying to get back in an offshore wind. Yeah. Alone, you know, you start feeling kind of hypothermic. Mm. And uh, that one was one. Another time I broke a leash down in uh, Costa Rica. And on a, on a beach break in Hako, oh. and uh, swam and swam and swam. You know the rip was there. You had to go way down the beach to get in from the rip. Yeah. But those times, that's the only two times I can actually think that I uh, thought, hmm, I need to, you know, kind of pace my energy on this. Mm. You know, that's it. Yeah, that's those good. two times. Yeah, that's good. But those are those are good lessons for for us to to listen to. Um, you know, not surfing alone, knowing your limits. Knowing what to do, not panicking, you know, staying focused and, and thinking through the process. How do I get to shore safely? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But don't freak out. Don't freak out. That's the worst thing you can do. Now you got to keep thinking. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. So we, we've mentioned a couple of times Murph. When we first talked, you, you said this. Go ahead. You tell it. You tell it better than me. Oh, it was, uh, it was so funny. It was... Um uh, this was back in the, uh, I was in college, so it was probably 74, 75 window. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent the summer 76 in Hatteras, so it was right in, in that window. And um, this is, you know, before internet, before, you know, surf forecasting, you had the liar's box, the little radio shack, you know, <laughs> weather radio. Um, but uh, we also had um, Whalebone Surf Shop had set up a, a little thing it was really pretty cool. It was impromptu and it was word of mouth. But back then on your phones, because we didn't have cell phones back then, right? It was all, uh, you know, landlines. You would, uh, on a long distance call, you could dial the operator and give her the number. And it was a person-to-person call. Hmm. And what they would do is they would um, call that number and you could hear the whole time. And they would, you know, someone would answer and they'd ask for whoever you had asked for. And in this case, we would call up to uh, the surf shop at, at um, Whalebone and ask for Murph. <laughs> and everyone that worked there was dialed into it where what they would do is if the surf was uh, a north swell at three feet, they go, oh, well, Murph's not here. And, of course, you know, you could hear the whole conversation with the operator and everything. And they say, uh, yeah, Murph's not here. He'll be back. Uh, he's gone up north. He'll be back at three. <laughs> you know, maybe four. So then, you know, in our own little lingo, we knew that, okay, this surf was a north swell. It was three to four feet. So you kind of got an idea on that. And then it didn't cost you a dime. Right. Because they Murph wasn't there, right? Yeah. And uh, But at the same time, then you got the word. Sometimes Murph was, you know, had gone down south for five or six. You know, he'd be back at five or six. And those were really good times. <laughs> but it was, it was great. It was just an impromptu kind of under the radar 
Yeah. Um, before we had all the reporting that we have now. <laughs> oh, wow. Real folksy and, and really fun. Yeah. yeah every, the guys that were in the new, in the know. New. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So um, when I came in on your on your coffee table over there is Skip Funderburg's um, book on there? Yeah. 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 Cake what? for your surfing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, did you make that book? Were you helpful or in in coming with information on that book? No, no. I um I knew Skip, but I didn't help him with the book at all. Okay. Um, Beck and I each got a little mention in there, and he did a great great job, kind of prodding and bringing things from the broad into the specific mm-hmm. on how what Wrightsville Beach and the Kafir area fit into surfing culture mm-hmm. and how surfing culture you know, develop this area. Right. Kind right. of the transformation back and forth. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to get a copy of that and, uh, and, and have it as well. I, I borrowed one, read through it, uh, but I'd love to read through it again. Um, but you, you know, it gives great history of surfing in this area. He does a great job. Um, in history, um, you familiar with, um, the earliest reference to surfing in history. Yeah, um, and it's quite interesting because everyone thinks of Hawaii as far as the first surfing. Hmm. Um, when I was starting at you know, UNCW here, I was studying anthropology. Uh-huh. And um, my professor, my advisor there, um, Jim Sabella, uh, he had done his thesis and everything down in Peru. Uh-huh. And you know, I got a copy of his thesis, and he's talking about how, yeah, there'd be weeks at a time, the surf would be six to ten meters and the fishermen couldn't go out. Huh. And then later, um, in talking to him, they were talking about how the original fishermen, they were using these, they weren't, they weren't out of balsa wood, but they were balsas. Uh-huh. So, and they're kind of like a big reed yep. boat that's real pointy on both ends, probably in the shoot, 15, 18 foot yeah. length. And those guys would actually ride the waves on those balsas. Sick. So, uh, yeah, that's a, and that was a, before Hawaii was you know, credited with it. So that's the first that I know. Of. Mm, I, that's good. I, yeah. I've not heard that. I've been to Peru, not surfed Peru, but I've been to Huanchaco and I've been up to Chicama and, and there in Huanchaco, um, they had several of those boats that the fishermen were still using them. Those reed kind of boats. Yeah. And pretty, pretty cool. They're bulky. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. And, and Peru, uh, does get very big. Oh yeah. yeah. Like huge. And but you don't hear a lot of surfing coming out of out of Peru. Not recently. I remember years ago there was a guy um, Felipe Pomar huh. um, who was. I mean, he went to Hawaii and he was you know one of the before pro. He was one of the big names. Yeah. Um, and he was the only guy that I remember hearing of at that time. But yeah. he was yeah he was in the top probably in the top twenty in the world at that point. Hmm. How about that? But, uh, yeah, the coast is a lot like California. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, rocky, yes. the same climate, the same. You know, it just catches. Yeah, colder water. You've got you know, the the Andes right there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's, that's offshore right. winds. Offshore, like California. Yeah, deal. yeah. Santa's. I'd love to surf it someday, but yeah. I stood on the beach at Chicama and could see you know how it was breaking. It was small that day, but it's beautiful, beautiful country, mm. beautiful setting. But I, I, I guess, and it might be a stretch. It might be a stretch, but back in the New Testament of the Bible there's a reference to a shipwreck in Acts 27, uh, the book of Acts. And um, Luke writing records that the ship 
they were tossing stuff to lighten the load, trying to get to a safe harbor. Um, but they ran aground. They hit reef. And the waves broke the ship apart. And it's, it says, uh, the captain said, hey, if you can get to the shore by swimming, go ahead. And people that could swim, swam. And then it says, and the rest of the people made it to shore safely. But it says this, some on pieces of the ship. And the next part says some on boards. So it distinguishes pieces of the ship from boards. You think that maybe some of those early Mediterranean sailors uh, carried some legitimate logs uh, to uh, to jump out in and, and have fun with? Hey, you never know. <laughs> you never I, at know. that point, you know... Um, Hey, I'm gonna grab anything I can, and if it was a board, that'd be even better. That's you right. Know? That's so. right. To get back safely, but it, it, it maybe they got back in, and they were all sitting on the beach, and one guy looked at the other and go, "Hey, that was uh, that was kind of fun." Yeah, you want to do that again? Well, and, and surely the guy that <laughs> caught the wave, mm. everyone noticed because he was safe quicker. <laughs> right, he made it to shore a lot faster. How'd oh, you do man. that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do that again. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rick, thank you so much for sharing us with these two waves and uh, sharing your story and uh, congratulations on the Waterman Hall of Fame. And uh, man, I hope to surf with you sometime. Hey, Kyle, I look forward to it. Yes. And uh, thanks for the interview. Yes, sir. Ladies and gents, have an awesome day.